in the youth sanctuary. Praise God. You know, I'm thankful for living this life. I'm thankful for people of God and the saints. And, you know, one thing I have learned and I, I proved it is that if you pay attention to people that know what they're doing, you'll learn something. And that goes in your, if you, you pay attention to saints that know how to pray and they study, they live the life, you pay attention, you'll learn something. And, but it's like that in the natural too. God gives you people that know how, what they're doing. And if you hang around them, the scripture says, that, you know, if you run around with wise people, you'll get wise. And, but I, I've learned too that if you hang around some people that know how to build things, you might build something one day. And I've watched Brother Ricky work on these platforms enough I, I think I learned a little bit, Brother Ricky. And but I'm tell you what, I hope I have built my last <laughs> platform. Cause I don't have uh, an air gun nailer thing, and I don't have uh, a, a skill saw. So I was pioneer working yesterday with a hand saw and a hammer and nails, and I couldn't hardly get out of the car when I got home. My wife was standing at the door, just like, oh, I was like, man, I was like. <laughs> so and it's it's a little crooked there's some things you don't you realize after you get what's bad is you get to the end and you realize you did something wrong and so I was two inches a two inch wide strip of decking and I was like are you kidding me and you can't stretch wood and so I went and bought a whole brand new sheet of decking and cut two inches off of it and nailed it down when they put the carpet on it you won't even know it so as long as it don't fall flat, we'll be good. But you know what? Brother Ricky's been faithful and worked. He, he built this platform. He built the platform with the other building, built the platform in the kids' sanctuary. And I watched him. I was around in all, all three shots. And I remembered a lot of things, Brother Ricky. But from now on, you better make sure you off work. <laughs> I, I need somebody. It's a, lot, it's a lot more fun to watch than it is to do it. So. All right, I, I appreciate you, Brother Ricky. And, and I did, I learned, I did learn, I remember some things. I said, I seen Ricky do this, and it worked. Uh, but then, anyway, God's good. It's good to have great people. Good to live the life for the Lord. I love living for God. Wouldn't trade it for nothing. I love living for God. Yes, 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 yes. We're not home yet. There's some things to do. There's some. There's some time. I don't know if it's days, hours, minutes, or seconds to endure, but uh, we do have some, some time left on this earth. And so uh, we, we best be busy about enduring and making sure that we're ready. And uh, if I had to, one thought tonight, it would be the, the thought for this message is I won't go back. When I sit and think about where he brought me from, there is never a longing for days gone by, pre-Jesus. <laughs> I think about some of those first services when I first come in. I'd like, well, I'd love to sit in on one of those again just to, you know, those great times. But before Jesus, there is nothing that 
I would long for. And matter of fact, I find myself often asking God to forgive me again for the person I was before him, even though I know he already has. And it's not that I don't believe that he already has. It's just that if I ever think of those days, it makes me so sorry still that I feel like I should just repent all over again. I'm not planning on going back. I'm going to live my life for God. Hebrews chapter 10, the writer here is speaking to God's people. And in verse 31, I heard Sister Everhart quote this scripture so many times. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It doesn't mean it's like I'm terrified of God. But all that God is and the greatness that he is, to finally find myself in his hands is not something that you take lightly. Remembering and knowing what he has done for you is not something that you just forget about and take for granted, which the writer had been talking about just a couple of verses prior. But then he charges the people, call to remembrance the former days in which After you were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. I want you to think about in your mind when God flipped the switch on for you. Remember how excited you were. Remember how you felt. How that that joy, because you know that you had found something. Maybe you you was like that guy that was looking for treasure in a field. And you found it, and you knew this is going to take care of me the rest of my life. He said, you loved it so much that you would endure a great fight of afflictions, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches, afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me and my bonds, took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry. And I'll tell you, Jesus is coming. And it may seem like it's been preached forever that he's coming and it's been thousands of years since he said I'm coming back but he's got a time set just like he had a time set for the first time he was going to show up when Isaiah wrote it for unto us a child is born he wasn't born yet but he was going to be and there was a time for him to be birthed and there's a time for him to return he's coming back you can count on it Now the just shall live by faith. While I am waiting for that return, I have got to live my life by faith in Him, by faith in His Word, by faith that I do believe He is coming again. I've got to have faith. He said, but there's somebody on the other side of this coin. But if any man, I don't care who he is, 
I don't care what he's done. I don't care what he has preached. I don't care if he's wrote books. I don't care what he has done that is notable in this life. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And then he finally says, but we, those that have been born again, we who have been forgiven of terrible sin, we that have been picked up time and time again, we that have been comforted by the Lord, and we that are the church, the children of God, the saints of God, we are not of them. It's a mindset. You've got to make your mind up. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition, or destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. When you draw back, it results in spiritual destruction, and whether people want to believe it or not, even the salvation of your soul. Who say, Oh, you can't be lost. He just said you could be. Because drawing back is a willful decision. He didn't say you were pushed back, that you were kicked back, shoved back, forced back. He said, but any man, any man draw back, makes a decision to leave what God's done for him. He's headed for destruction, not just of his uh, spiritual walk, but also of his eternal soul. And so I want to preach for just a little while on this thought and encourage us. I know it's a little encourage. Yeah, sometimes it's the, the lessons that tighten us up that encourage us that I won't go back. Let's pray for the word tonight, the lesson. Lord, we love and thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise in it. Thank you for the instruction, for the warning even. Lord, that keeps us on track because we know that one day you will come and you will not tarry. We want to be ready to meet you when that day arrives. We love you and we thank you for this life. Bless all that's done here in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Aren't you thankful for what he's done for you? God is good. I won't go back. Follow me. Jesus, some of the first words that we read... That he spoke, well, the first words he spoke to his disciples, I guess, follow me. And these two words along with the phrase, I will make you, give me an understanding of what Jesus has in plan for our life. That I will be moving forward while he is working on me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's not going to be either or, it's going to be both. I'm not going to keep coming by here and checking on you to to teach you something. I want you to follow me or stay in step with me or keep your eyes on me, go in the direction I'm going, do what I do, follow what I teach. I want you to follow me. That is what Jesus wants. He wants you moving forward. And you know, it's hard to follow somebody if they get out of sight. It's hard to follow somebody if you turn around. It's hard to follow somebody if you stop believing what they say 
or stop doing what they preach or what they teach. It's hard to follow. And there's no faster way, no faster way to stop the process of what Jesus is doing in your life than to start drawing back, moving back, retreating, moving closer to the life that he saved and called us from. How can we go back to things that he saved us from? I see people today that uh, they fall under one of two categories. They were saved and called out of terrible sin, and, and God really did a work in their life, cleaned them up and filled them and just, man, put them on fire for him. And, and then I see those who were born and raised in the house of God that have never done drugs, alcohol, never stole anything, never lied, cheated, didn't just you know, live their life in the house of God. And, but the miracle for them is as great as the miracle for the one who was called out of a dark world of sin. Because he either saved you or he spared you. It took God to do both. I said it took God to do both. All those times, even when you had to make a decision to, to repent and be baptized, if you were raised in the house of God, it still took the grace of God that spared you. If somebody, I hear somebody that's raised in church make a foolish statement. Well, you know, sometimes I, I wish I knew what it was like to go out there and, and party and drink. No, you don't. I said, no, you don't. Let me tell you what you missed. You missed getting paid on Friday and being broke on Sunday. You missed jail time. You missed saying and doing things that would uh, be uh, inconceivable and would hurt people for the rest of their life. You missed throwing up on yourself, throwing up on others. You missed making a fool out of yourself. You missed losing your family or losing friends or killing somebody or DUI. Yeah, you miss a lot of good stuff, don't you? Let me tell you something. It's the grace of God that pulls people out. It's the grace of God that keeps them from going in. And if he kept you from going in. Hey, you know what? Sometimes I, I, I wish I had been spared instead of pulled out of it. But I'm thankful either way because he got me out. And I cannot see. And I will never agree with going into or back into things that God died to save us from. Let me tell you about something. When you move, you're moving closer to something one way or the other. And backwards is backwards. If you're moving backwards, you're headed back to the old life, to the old man, to the old ways. If you're moving forward, you're heading closer to him. You're getting closer to him. And going backwards, let me tell you something. Backwards will never move you closer to Christ. When people say, and they start going off and going out in the world and doing things that they didn't used to do because now they've got this new revelation or they think, I can do this, it's okay. I lived for God all this time and I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing. It's, it's all right. If you are moving backwards, you are not getting closer to God. If you walk out of the church and say, I'm closer to God than I've ever been, you're lying to yourself. And you're lying to anybody else that'll listen to you. When you go backwards, you move farther away from God. And we are not of those that draw back. 
we are not backing up, giving up, retreating. We are not going back to the weak and beggarly elements. We are not going back to the world. We have not received, again, the spirit of bondage. But we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I've been adopted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now I live under his roof. And let me tell you something. When you're born and you, when you have kids and they live in your house, they're supposed to listen to you because you're the parent. The parent makes the rules. And when you are adopted, if you adopt a child, my brother, and they just adopted a kid, Lane don't get to make the rules. They are the adopted parents. They are the authority in his life. And now that I am adopted by this heavenly father, guess what? I'm under his rule. I'm under his authority. He sets the rules and I obey him. I don't get to be a disobedient child. I don't get to just, just lay in the floor and pitch a fit. But let me tell you something. You don't want that switch. You don't want God to have to straighten you out and jerk you up. And we had to jerk our kids up a few times. Didn't take but a few. They fall out, stretch out, lay out on the floor. You can't hardly do nothing with them. I'm telling you what, you're strong enough, yank them up. Let them know that we don't do that. This is the end of that. You don't want God to have to snatch you up and say, hey, this better be the end of that. But I, what I'm telling you is this, is that we have been bought. And we have the blood of Jesus on us. And we are filled with his spirit. And we have felt his presence. And we have lived for him. And he has worked miracles in our life. And we do not get to go back. We don't get to go visit the old man and the old world and the old ways. We don't take time off to go see where we came from. We don't visit the old neighborhood anymore. We are headed toward a city whose builder and maker is God. We are walking out of a strange land and walking to a promised land. We are headed somewhere, church. Not going back. And it's sad to watch people that have prayed with you, prayed for you, preached with you, and preached to you, walking off, walking away, saying they found something new, new revelation, got a new way, got a new found freedom. Let me tell you, there ain't no new found freedom. If Jesus makes you free, then you are free. If the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. There's only liberty in this walk from the Holy Ghost. And if you go outside the Holy Ghost, it ain't liberty. It's your carnality. It's your flesh. It's your emotion. It's you pleasing yourself. Because you don't get to set yourself free. It takes Jesus to set you free. And I don't care if it's one step or one inch backward. It's farther away from him. In 2 Peter 3 and 17, he said, Therefore, beloved, he, was, he had been writing about the coming of the Lord in that, in that chapter. He said there were many people in that time or that were coming. So they would, where's the promise of his coming? We, you know, it's been going on forever. And, and so they would begin to wax cold in their faith. But he said, that's not us. He said, seeing you believe that these, this heaven and earth is going to pass away and all these things. And that he's coming like a thief in the night. What kind of person should you be in all manner of behavior and conversation? What, what should you be doing? And then he reminds them again. Hey, beloved, since you 
know these things beforehand. Since you know that Jesus is coming back. Since you know that things are going to pass away. Since you know that things are going to get bad. Since you know all this before, beware. You better understand that in this last day, that the enemy is going to pull out all stops to deceive, if it's possible, the very elect. Seems like every time they begin writing about the end time, somewhere, beware, don't be deceived, don't get tricked, endure until the end. It's always about holding on to what got you here. Hold on to what saved you. Hold on to what you fell in love with. Hold on to your walk with God. He said, beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked. You see, it's a mistake, an error. You make an error, I made a mistake. In baseball, if you make an error, you missed the ball. You didn't make the play. You blew the play. And he said, there are people today that are in error, but they are leading people away by the droves. Because what they're selling looks good. What they're selling sounds good. But there ain't no substance to it. It ain't going to get you there. Oh, it appeals to the flesh. It it lets you wear what you want to wear. Talk like you want to talk. Say what you want to say. Go where you want to go. But it ain't Jesus. Jesus said, follow me or either be led away. Led away. Not leading you closer to him. He said, you're being led away. Led away from the promise of going with him when he comes back. Being led away from being saved when he comes to get his church. You're being led away. And he said, and you fall from your own steadfastness. Oh, I'm so rooted in this. Can't nothing pull me away. Start listening to the wrong people. Start giving in to those desires of the flesh. Start start missing church and and start, start saying, all right, don't matter anymore. Just stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. Stop fasting. Stop living what got you where you are. And before you know it, you'll be looking around for somebody to lead you. Mm -mm. Let me tell you something. I know what it's like to be on the other side. And I know what it took to get me here. And I'm not going back. I wasn't going to heaven before him. I wasn't going to heaven before all this. Now I've got plans to go to heaven. And I'm trying every day to live my life for him and to live better. Let me tell you, we better not start walking away. You, Hey, you ever heard of give an inch, take a mile? You give your flesh an inch, it'll take a mile. Give that devil an inch, he'll take a mile. You give this world an inch, it'll take a mile. Oh, I, I'm going to just start wearing it a little shorter. I'm going to wear it a little lower, a little tighter. Not much. Won't be long, you will be. You better stick to holiness, stick to modesty. You better stick to living right. It won't matter if I just, uh, well, you know, uh, I'm going to wear this because of where I'm going. You know, nobody else wears the, you know, dresses like that at the beach. So I'm going to go to the beach and I only wear that at the beach. I guess God ain't at the beach. I guess you ain't a witness at the beach. Summertime is killing people. Lakes and pools and, and, and beaches are killing people. Killing their walk, leading them away. We better stick to what got us here. It still takes modesty. It still takes holiness. It still takes living right, talking right, and acting right. And all that's in the Bible. 
This ain't the preacher up here making it up. It's in the Bible. And once you start saying, well, that scripture ain't as important as the other. It won't be long. You won't even believe in baptism in Jesus' name anymore. You'll say people don't have to speak in tongues or be filled with the Holy Ghost anymore. You start letting go of one thing. It's just like pulling a, a, a brick out of the building. It, it'll all start coming down. You don't let go of truth at any corner, at any part. You can't substitute truth. It's got to be there. And I don't want to be led away with the error. You start talking to them. You know what? I know. People walk away. People leave the church. But you better be careful. I'm all for reaching them. And I'm all for loving them. But you better be careful about teaming up with them. Because they'll talk you right out of the church. They'll, you won't win them back. They'll win you right out of the church. You better be, oh, 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 do you really believe I'm that bad? Start laying this stuff on trying to make you feel guilty. And all you need to do is look at them and say, well, I know you ain't where you used to be. You ain't in church. And you used to believe this. And it ain't changed. It's the same Bible. I've seen you shout about this stuff and, and run the aisles over this stuff, and now you don't even want to talk about this stuff. That's because they've been led away in error. Be careful. Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 5, 7, and 8. He said, you did run well, but who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And then he said, this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Oh, Jesus done gave me a new revelation. If it moved you out of the church, he didn't give it to you. Jesus done said, it don't matter what I do, I'm okay. That didn't come from him. He said, who are we listening to? Paul, Paul's right. He said, you were running well. You were running a race. You had laid aside every weight and every sin that did so easily beset you. And you were looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. But now, you're not even obeying the truth anymore. And I'm going to tell you, this persuasion did not come of him that calls you. Because the Holy Ghost, if you are listening to the Holy Ghost, it leads you into all truth. But if you stop listening to the Spirit of God and you stop responding to the Spirit of God, you will start listening to anything else. And it will not be truth. Jesus is coming back. Do we really want to be found halfway doing it? Do you really want to be found looking around at this world, longing for this world? I don't. Jesus talked about the faithful servant in Matthew 24. He said, who then is that faithful servant who his master has made him the overseer of his house and, and taking care of his, his goods? And he said, the faithful servant is the one who when the master shows up, he finds him so doing. I got back and I found you doing what I told you to do. I got back and found you keeping what I asked you to keep, working on what I asked you to work on. He said, but if that servant says, oh, my Lord delays his coming and begins to eat and drink and get drunk and, and, and treat other people bad, he said, the Lord's going to come back in a time when he's not ready and he's not looking for it. 
and he's going to cut him asunder. You know what happened? He drew back to destruction. I'm not going back. Be careful who you listen to. Be, be, I'm telling you, be careful. Oh, they'll be talking about, I don't hear a single out talk about anybody, but I'm telling you, there are voices in this world that sound so wonderful and will just lead you right astray. They are so sweet. They just humble. They cry when they talk. They plead. You better be careful about all these TV preachers you're listening to. Yeah. You better be careful. You better be careful about all these books you're reading that just people write because they've got a, a catchy title on it. You better be careful what you're reading. Oh, but they write so eloquent, so good. It, just, it speaks to me more than his word. I promise you they can't write nothing that's better than what's in this book. Uh, oh, what they write might look good stitched on a pillow. But this right here will save your soul. What they wrote might look good on a meme. But this right here will save your soul. You are born again, not by their book and not the words in their book, but you're born again by the word of God. And if you're going to live, you're going to live by the word of God. And if you want to stay steadfast and unmovable, you will stick to the word of God. Because whenever you start messing around with other words and other things, I'm not telling you that you can't read anything else, but you better be careful what you're reading. You better be real. I'm going to tell you, they didn't, them people writing them books, they didn't write them for your benefit. They wrote them for their bank account. Believe it or not. They didn't write it. If they didn't care, I'm just going to write it, but I'm not charging nobody. I'm just going to give it out. They don't do that, do they? They want that title, number one bestseller, and they want to go on a talk show and talk about it, and they want to uh, sell the copyright to it. They want to make audio tapes. Up. Well, they don't make tapes no more, but put it on, on your phone or your tablet or whatever it is you listen to now. Hey, hey, money, 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 money. Give me that book. It's the truth. I'm telling you, God laid this on my heart. God gave me this. We can't turn back. We can't go back. We can't go back to things that God called us out of. We've got, listen, we've got a world against us. We've got an enemy against us. Peter wrote also uh, in 1 Peter 5, 8, 9, he said, be sober. Be vigilant. Be sober. Oh, let me tell you, if you've never been uh, intoxicated, maybe you don't get it. But I have been extremely intoxicated. I have woke up in my yard with my car running and not even know how I got there. No idea how I ended up in my driveway, how I got there. Not knowing if I hit anybody on the way home. No idea what happened. Just left the place, ended up at home, car still running, 3 o'clock in the morning, stumbling out. Let me tell you, I, I know what it's like to, to not be sober. You, you ain't good when you're not sober. So he said, be sober so you can think. And that's Man, if people would just think about what they're hearing. Oh, that's ridiculous. That don't line up with the Bible. Oh, it's this new, new movement, new revelation. You can take your new revelation and jump, man. Go. He said, be sober. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open. Because 
your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. I'm going to tell you, I don't know what it's really like uh, to, to be living in those villages in Africa where lion attacks happen. But I know I, I, I remember seeing that, uh, that movie about the, those, the ghost in the darkness. And it was in those two lions. It was a true story that terrorized that village and tore them people up. But they had people sitting in trees at night watching. And what happened? What, old rascal, he had the gun. He fell asleep. All of a sudden you hear people screaming, lying, dragging somebody off. If you'd have been awake, we better stay awake. Because there is a roaring lion. He is seeking whom he may devour. That means swallow up entirely. He wants to do away. Listen, I'm not talking about kill you naturally. Where all of a sudden, hey, where'd they go? I'm talking about that when people see you, they can't even see Jesus anymore. When they see you, they can't see nothing apostolic about you. They can't see no truth in you. They can't see that you, you have ever been touched because you went back. Looks like something's going on with you. You're fading away. You know what it is? It's the same thing that Jesus told Peter. He said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. He talking about, he didn't say he desires to kill you dead and bury you. He said he wants to do away with anything. He wants to do away with your revelation of me. He wants to do away with the authority I gave you with the keys to the kingdom. He wants to do away with anything that will help you forward this kingdom. And that is what the enemy is trying to do to God's people. If he can make them look like the world. They can't promote the kingdom of God. Oh, they can sing about it and they can say they are. And he's just laughing all the way because he knows, whoo, I'm, I'm getting them by the droves now because they quit listening to the word. They quit listening to the spirit. They quit talking to God. And now I'm just going around seeking whom I may devour. Swallow you up and get rid of that spiritual man. Well, I'll tell you probably the most horrible thing that could ever happen to a child of God is for somebody to walk up and say, did you stop going to church? That would make me want to just die. For somebody to see me doing something that they would come up and say, I thought you went to church. I didn't think you talked like that. I didn't think you did those things. Oh, Knowing there was a time I didn't. Knowing there was a time that I loved that Jesus had saved me and delivered me and brought me out of that stuff. Knowing how I testified about how he had brought me out and to find somebody, me get so far off track, so far away, so wrapped back up in this world that people can't even tell that Jesus ever did a work in my life. I won't go back. And the enemy, he don't, have to, he don't have to kill you. Peter said, listen, you resist him. Now, I want to tell you, there's another scripture that, that, that goes along with this. You ever heard people say, well, resist the devil and he'll flee. They shortchange themselves with that scripture because they don't quote the first part of it. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. Because you have no power without God. You have no authority without God. You ain't got nothing you can do without God. And so when Peter says here, whom resist steadfast in the faith? Faith in who? Faith in God. And he said, you're going to have to stay in submission to him if you're going to ever beat the devil. And let me tell you, when you get out of submission to God and to God's word, 
When you get out of submission to the spiritual authority in your life, you wonder why you're getting kicked around like a kickball? Because you got no authority and no power against him. You can't do anything. You just walked away from it. So I just, I just don't obey that scripture anymore. But I, I still believe the scripture that Jesus said when he, I gave you power over all the power of the enemy. I still believe that, but I just don't do that part. You don't get to pick and choose your scriptures. You take this book as a whole. The Lord, look, he, he's not divisible. He's one God, and he is the word made flesh. He, you take it all. You take it all. You take nothing. You don't get to keep some of it and not keep the other part of it. I'm not going back. That enemy is after the spiritual man. Do away, do away with him. And the farther back you go, the less you resemble the person that God called you to be. In your mind, you might still see it. You just like, just like us folks that get to that 50 mark. In our mind, we still think we're 25. But when we look in the mirror, it tells another story. When you work all day with a hammer and a saw, it tells another story. What you feel and what's real, two different things. I told a police officer, I believe one time, some guy after he had me breathe in one of them little machines, I don't feel nothing. And he said, well, what you feel and what's real is two different things. Because you may feel fine, but point one zero says you ain't fine. Get in the car. Yeah, it's the same way. What you feel and what is real. You can't just go off what you feel. What's real? God's word's real. Jesus is real. What he's doing is real. You better stick with him. Paul wrote about his life. Such a man lived with thorns in his flesh. Not natural thorns, but spiritual thorns that kept him humble and things he wanted removed. He, he said, man, in me dwells no good thing. He just, you know, he, I, I've been stoned. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beat. I've been all kind of things, hungry and just cold and just, uh, but he kept on preaching, kept on preaching, kept on going. And he wrote about his, his uh, journey in Philippians 3. And we read this all the time, but in verse 8, he said, yeah, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Now what's that? He suffered the loss of all things. Yeah, there was nothing from the past that I get to keep. Because it was a chain, it was a hindrance, it was a stumbling block. And so we think, oh man, did you have to lose your dog? People get so silly like that. Do you have to just? No. But the things that identified him before Jesus. He said, I, 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 I suffered the loss of these things. And, and I, I do count them but dung that I may win Christ. They are waste, in other words, and filth, and, 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 and you know, waste goes out. It's gone, and it's, it's flushed away, and it's out of here, or it's buried somewhere. It's, it's gone. He said, that's the way I, I want it gone. I want it away from me. And he said, so I can be found in him, not having my own righteousness. But that's what a lot of people are headed toward, their own righteousness. But he said, 
which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I'm trying to get myself to a point that when he comes back, I come out of the ground. And then he said, I'm still working on it, fellas. Not as though I had already attained. See, Paul was so sober-minded and vigilant, watching his life, examining himself. He said, I'm not even going to boast right here to say, he comes day, I'm going. He said, I'm working. He said, either we're already perfect or complete, but I follow after. Follow. I am headed, if I'm following Jesus, I am heading away from the life that he called me from. He found uh, Paul as Saul, terrorizing the church, locking people up, standing by while people were stoned to death. He knocks him down on the road to Damascus, tells him what's got to happen. Paul's baptized, receives the Holy Ghost, and starts preaching Christ, and he never turns around. He never locks anybody else up. He never stones anybody else. He never goes back on that, but he sticks to it, to the peril of his own life. He said, and so what I'm doing, though I, I, I'm working on it, I, 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 I'm following after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Don't ever think that you're to the place that I don't have to do nothing else. I'm going. Because every second is an opportunity for you to trip. Keep following, keep walking. He said, but this is one thing I do. Don't care what day of the week it is. Don't care how I'm feeling. Don't care how my job's going. Don't care how my school's going. Don't care how I feel in my body. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. The only way I get back to them is if I draw back. And he said, and I am reaching forth unto the things which are before. Oh, the riches that God has laid up for us. The things that he has for us. The experiences that we have yet to see if we would just keep reaching forward. And people are wondering why they're not seeing God move. Because you're drawing back. You have got to keep reaching forward. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is our mission statement. That after he saved us, changed us, put us on this new walk, that we are supposed to press toward the mark for the high calling. We're supposed to keep going for him, living a life for him. We died with him. It says we are buried with him in baptism so that we can be raised up to walk in the newness of life, a new life. Oh, stop doing things like this world. Don't blemish your testimony. The Bible says it is up to me to let my head lack no ointment or anointing and, and to keep my garments unspotted. From the world, let your garments always be white. And then another place, keep them unspotted from unspotted. Well, I still got it on. Yeah, but you look like a Dalmatian. Like you stood next to a pig pen and somebody threw a big rock in the mud and splattered all over you. 
Keep your garments white. Keep them white. And guess what? It's not impossible. It's not uh, a burden and it's not hard. Just make your mind up. I'm going to live for God. The prophet told the people, he said, hey, if the Lord be God, then follow him. You know what it said? They didn't answer anything. They wouldn't even open their mouth. We're going to wait till you prove it. And they already knew. He had proved it over and over and over again. But they didn't got to a point where the, these other gods had whispered in their ears. These other people had whispered in their ears and got them hanging around. And they said, well, we'll see. We're going to watch the show. You against all them. See what happens. He poured that water on that altar. And God sent the fire down. And he proved that day who was God. I won't ever get to a point where I can't even affirm that the Lord, he is God. So what Paul is saying here, and then verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect or be thus minded. In other words, you don't stop. It don't matter what point you get to, you don't stop reaching forward. And if any other thing, if you get otherwise minded, if you start thinking any other way, God shall reveal even this unto you. And I'm going to tell you something. Won't any, nobody will ever be able to say, man, I walked away and God didn't say nothing. That's a lie. Somehow, way, God told you no. It was through a message that was preached right before you walked out the door. It was for a conversation you had with another saint right before you walked out the door. Or it was before God moved it in your spirit himself before you walked out the door. I'm telling you somewhere, somehow. God is saying, mm, mm, mm. well, how do you know that? Because he just said it in his word. And his word's forever settled in heaven. And it was instruction to the church. God will reveal it. God's going to let you know, don't you take that step. And if you do it, you'll do it against his word. And so uh, then he says, nevertheless, besides all this, whereto we have already attained. Wherever you're at in your walk right now, let us walk by the same rule. Keep walking. Keep doing it. Let us mind the same thing. Do not change. Do not change. You can't have everybody in the church believing something different. Got to walk. Wherever you've gotten to, you don't go back. If right now you feel like all I'm doing is maintaining, that's fine. You maintain. And then you wait till it's time to move forward again. But you do not go back. Because going back just simply moves you farther away from where God is. Now, when I read this, there's three things I, I see in here from the position that we can know from the position we are right now. Wherever you are in your walk, here's three things you can know. Number one, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not. I'm not who I used to be or I'm not where I used to be. That's why the scripture says, such were some of you, but now you're washed. That's why it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. And that's what Paul said. That's, that's not me. He said, I could go back and tell you that I, that I was circumcised the eighth day, stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisee. He said, I can tell you about all my credentials from the past, but that's not who I am anymore because those things are lost to me. The second thing is that I know what it took to get me here. I know uh, that I had to drop my net. Just like he told his disciples at the beginning, 
hey, follow me. You can't drag them nets around. They'll be get hung on everything. They'll be in the way. They'll be a burden for you to carry. You got to lay aside these things. He said, so they he said immediately they dropped their nets. And of course, Paul said, I count all things lost for Christ. And so uh, the whole song said, I've come too far to fail him now. I've come too far to break my vow. I know what it took to get me here. It took him dying on the cross. It took his blood to wash me whiter than snow. His spirit to live inside of me. It took him forgiving me over and over and over again. It took him picking me up and comforting me and loving me and showing me mercy every day. Every single morning his mercy is new. Every single day Jesus is working on me. I know what it took to get me to where I am right now. It didn't just happen on January the 13th, 1993, and he drop kicked me to this point in time. Oh no, every single day God has had to help me and touch me and be with me and encourage me and walk with me because I walk by faith and not by sight. I know what it took to get me here. And the third thing I know is this. I have not yet arrived at my destination. And so if I'm not there, I can't quit walking. And I can't take a new path because there's only one way. He said, I am the door. He said, I am the way. And I am the truth. There ain't but one way to get there. And if I stop walking, I don't get there. If I turn back, I don't get there. It's just like if you're in a car and you head down 75 South, you're going to go to Florida. Well, stop your car in the middle of the interstate and sit there for about 10 years. You'll still be there. You won't just somehow happen to Florida. Because you stop driving. Or put it, get on the other side and start going up the other way. You'll never get there. Because you're going the wrong way. And let me tell you, you turn around, you won't get there. You stop, you won't get there. You have got to keep following him. You have got to stay close to his word. You have got to stick with God. You cannot, I cannot, I don't care who we are, we cannot go back. And we got to be careful that things that would pull us back don't slip in. We've got to make sure that we sweep the house so we can have things complete. That woman, she, she had lost something. And she said, i got to find it because it ain't complete until I find it. So she swept the house. She said, I'm, I'm not going to live with one thing missing. I'm not going to have him say to me, one thing thou lackest. That guy said, I've done all these since my youth. What more do I lack? She, they, somebody could have walked in and said, oh, I like your collection, but you're missing something. Oh, yeah, but I got nine. That's fine. It's, oh, but it's, it's worthless because it's not complete. And, friend, let me tell you, we have got to be complete. We're going to get the brooms out and start sweeping. We're going to get the light out and start searching. We're going to make sure wherever that lost piece is that we find it. Because I don't want to come up one day. So sure of myself, I've done all this. I never knew you. What? Oh, yeah, 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 me. Never knew you. One thing thou lackest. Mm -mm. I know. There's a process in it. Scripture tells me to glorify God in my body and my spirit, which are his. They belong to him anyway. I'm going to tell you this. That doesn't always happen at the same time. 
Sometimes the, the, I think the, the better way for it to work is for people to get it right in their spirit and then let their body follow. Because many times people try to start with the body because all their friends, they come to the church and they say, oh, I, I'm going to start dressing like everybody. I'm going to start looking like everybody. I have no idea why. In a few months, they're frustrated, aggravated. Somebody invites them over, one of their old friends, something like that, and they start questioning them about it. They have no answers, and they get embarrassed, so they slip back. It doesn't always happen at the same time. But to where we have attained, you got to keep walking. And if it's good, and you're doing good in your spirit, and you're learning, you're growing, then keep going. The body will follow but if you happen to have been the one that started out in the body, keep it. But you need to learn why you're doing what you're doing. You just don't go back. Galatians 5 and 1, Paul said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast in the liberty. Where Christ made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I'm going to tell you what set me free was that apostle's doctrine. I didn't say the UPCI. I didn't say the assemblies. I didn't say no man-made organization. Acts 2 and 42 says they continued steadfastly in the apostle's doctrine. And if you want to find it, you got to back all the way up and see what Peter preaches because it's laid out right there. And I'll tell you, it took baptism, repentance, and baptism in Jesus' name to wash my sins away. That's Acts 2.38. It took me being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. It took me being born of water and the Spirit, which is what Jesus said in John 3. It took me being born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. That is what gave me the liberty. The blood in, the, in that water, it gave me freedom from sin. It washed my sins away, but it was the Holy Ghost inside of me in this body that gave me the ability to follow him because he was the truth. Isn't that right? And the Holy Ghost will only lead you into all truth. It, the Holy Ghost it, in this body without the Spirit of God, you'll never, never, never be able to follow him. The Spirit leads us into all truth. And if it's leading me, I'm following. And who am I following? I'm following him. I need the Holy Ghost. Where, where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And so Paul's telling us right here, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Listen, you have got to stay with what sets you free. Don't let somebody try to convince you or make you feel and hang your head because, uh, oh, you, you want them old fashions. You want them old timers. You want them people, want them Bible thumpers, want them holy rollers. Well, I don't call me what you want to call me. But tell me where I'm wrong in the scripture. Show me where I'm not preaching or living by what the word of God says. When I, when I act like this or, or live like this, I'm doing it because the scripture asked me to do so. And I can't go against the word of God. And if I get to heaven one day and he, he says that, what, you know, uh, well, you'd have to do all that. Well, there you go. So what? I'm in heaven. I don't care. But you know what? I don't even believe that will happen. Because I, I believe in this book right here. For all the controversy over it, I believe you know, God placed in it what it takes for us to be saved and see him again one day. Or see him one day. 
That's what I believe. I believe this book contains the way to him. It may not answer questions about UFOs and dinosaurs. But it does tell you about, you know, people, well, I don't believe the Bible don't say nothing about dinosaurs. What does that got to do with anything? What about uh, life on other planets, Pastor? What about, what does that got to do with anything? What's that got to do with Jesus dying for you? Well, I don't know if I can do that because it don't tell me, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg. The chicken. He created him. Created them. Then they laid eggs. And then more chickens. It was chickens first after the ark. Noah wasn't hatching eggs. But why does that matter? It don't. It don't even matter. But what sets you free is God's word. You, you can't change it. I don't care what you think, what anybody thinks, or what they say, or what book they write about it. You are only born again by the word of God because the word declares it. And that word declared you must be born of water and you must be born of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. And as far as people say, well, that was Peter preaching on that day. Okay. So? You know, he rebuked the Lord one time, and then he denied him. Yeah. So, Peter can't be forgiven. Oh, he's just a scapegoat for people who want to just do what they want to do. But I'll tell you what it says about Peter preaching that day. What it tells me about him is that, and Peter stood up, and he was full of the And the Holy Ghost, if he's full of the Holy Ghost and preaching under the Holy Ghost, he can't preach a false word. Because the Holy Ghost will only lead into all truth. And so he preached from scriptures that these people had heard all their lives, but had never seen what he was revealing. But it was because it was anointed by the Spirit of God, because the Spirit searches the deep things of God. So all of a sudden, they're seeing scripture in a brand new light. And he says, that same Jesus that you crucified is both Lord and Christ. I'm coming, Elizabeth. (laughs) Smote him in the heart. What shall we do? And so, yo, that's just Peter preaching. Oh, oh, just preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the world was set on fire. And 3,000 souls, they that gladly received the word, were baptized. 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Not the doctrine that came a few hundred years later. Mm -mm. Not that doctrine. Not them men that got together and had a big council and sat down and said, let's write some things up and let's make it stick. Mm -mm. Nope. Oh, they was great men. They were this now. I don't care what they were. When they walked outside this line, when they walked outside this book, when they started doing things, Paul prophetically wrote to us not to be, uh, for us not to, to get confused and not to be destroyed and, and not to give in to philosophy and vain deceits, tradition of men after the ruin of the world. He wrote that to that church there, sure, but prophetically to us because the time was coming. They're going to change this thing. 
something that will fit their traditions, something that will fit the way they view things, and they're going to serve it up to the world, and, and under the threat of we'll kill you if you don't do it, people start doing it. A few didn't. Some were burned at the stake for it. Some lost their heads over it, pulled apart. Almost done. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I can't draw back in what I believe. I can't draw back in what I know he did as if to say that it, that it never really even mattered. In Hebrews, back to in the chapter we were in, in Hebrews 10, 29. I don't even know if I gave you that. I may have gave it to you, but the writer here said, How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despot or insult? Unto the spirit of grace. What kind of trouble are we going to get in if we walk, if we draw back? Because it's just like we are insulting the grace of God. Insulting what he did. And just, it's, just, it's just like a slap in the face to him. You might as well be one of them that was standing in that room that slapped him. That spit on him. Because what you're saying is that what you did... Don't matter. I'm going to do my own thing now. I'm I'm going back. I'm walking my own because, again, there's a straight and narrow way. But he said there's a wide way that's broad that leads to destruction. What is perdition? That's destruction. You know how them people get on that road? They draw back. He said, well, maybe they never knew. Oh no, because the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching them. To deny ungodliness, worldly lust, and how to live soberly in this world. So anybody on that road, you can't say, well, they never knew. Opportunity, always knocking. Jesus is always knocking. Nobody, that wouldn't be fair for somebody to never hear anything and then end up lost. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be fair. So, we, so I, I know I'm not going back. I've been in darkness the Bible says he called us out of darkness into marvelous light. I know the difference between dark and light. Don't you? Cut the lights off and say, hey, it's dark in here. Flip the lights, hey, there's the light. I know the difference between light and dark. And you know what? In the world, it's just as simple as flipping a switch. It's the same way in the spiritual. People just flip a switch, and it's darkness. But he said, I called you out of darkness. In other words, I called you away from darkness. I called you to put distance between you and darkness. Because I called you out so you could follow me. And we're going to keep walking toward that great day. Verse 23, he said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Don't surrender. Don't give up. Don't back up with wavering. For he is faithful who has promised. Honey, you can come to the music. I'm thankful. So thankful for what Jesus has done in my life. 
there's no way for me to repay what I have experienced since living for him. But do you know that we've heard testimonies from people who used to live and believe this truth so strongly. And God used them in spiritual giftings. And when they turned around and walked away from this and denied the faith and denied his name, that out of their own mouth they said, yeah, when I used to be in the apostolic church, Pentecostal church, God used to use me, but don't use me like that anymore. Out of their own mouth. And that, that doesn't even bother them. It's like it don't even scare them. That would scare me to death. Because they can't even realize. The scripture talks about, in one place, about having our conscience seared with a hot iron. Past feeling. Can't feel it anymore. It doesn't disturb us anymore. And I'm going to tell you something. It takes a conscious act to walk away. It's going to take a conscious act to turn around and come back. Because he's not going to grab you and drag you back in. If you decided to walk away, you'll have to decide to come back. But I think that what I'd like to say, I'll be able to say at the end, you know, either like Paul, I finished my course, I fought a good fight, I've kept the faith. And, but Job said something, Job 23 and 11, since we started out talking about following him. He said, my foot hath held his steps. In other words, I've stayed in step with God. My foot hath held his steps. His ways have I kept and not declined. I won't go back. By the grace of God, I won't go back. One man said he had set his face like a flint. He's determined. That's the way I want to be. I remember when I first got into the church, we were at the Christian Armory up there off Lawrenceville Highway. That was like about the only Christian bookstore around back then, except for the Dove in Portadale. But they had a T-shirt, and it had it said had a, like a chiseled stone face. It said Flint on it. It said I have set my had that scripture, and I bought that shirt and I wore it forever till it just got so sweat stained it was terrible. I had to throw it away. But that's the way I felt right there at the beginning. I said, but this is it. But I still feel that way today. I still feel like that today. Oh, I say I have had hard days and cried and slipped and stumbled and struggled. Like I said, his mercy every day. Thank God for that mercy every day. But in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, I won't go back. I will not go back. I, there is too much at stake. And it could happen. It could, he could come back at any moment. I could leave this world at any moment. I, I'm not going back. Stand with me tonight. I know, you know, 
Uh, sometimes these, we, we got to have these kind of messages at church. And uh, I, I need to hear, hear it just as much as I need to preach it. But these are the kind of messages that where, what, like they, some of them say, that's where the rubber meets the road. This is where you think, mm-mm, I've got to, it's time for me to examine myself. It's time to tighten up. It's time to, to do what I've got to do because I don't want to be led away. I don't want. I don't want to slip away. I don't want to get led away uh, by by error and, and 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 miss this thing. So while she's playing tonight, I just invite everybody that would come find a place to pray for a few moments. Maybe if if you you know make an altar at your seat if you want to. But I, I'd like for you to come find a place in this altar at the front tonight. And how long has it been since you came to the altar and prayed and knelt and prayed and said, God, I want to lay some stuff down. God, I want to I want to put some stuff down tonight. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to live for you. I, I need to lay some stuff down. Uh, I need to get rid of some things, God. Oh, tonight. Hallelujah. That's it, church. Come on, saints. Let's pray tonight. Search yourself. Search yourself. Tell the Lord, I'm not going back. for 
to be before your presence came and changed me. No, 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 I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me. No, 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 no. Sometimes people say use positive reinforcement to get something done. And yeah, that'd be a good thing every day when you get up in the morning. Maybe just as you're getting ready, looking in the mirror, just, Lord, I'm never going back. Just be determined. Make it up in your mind. I'm, I'm not going back. I know that there's things in this world after me, Lord, but I'm not going back. Help me with it, God. Let him know it's my desire to serve you. It's my desire to be with you forever. I, I don't want to trip up. I don't want to mess up. So, Lord, help me. Keep me. Keep me strong. I don't want to go back. I'm not going back of the grace of God. God's good to us, and I appreciate him tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. If you need to be dismissed tonight, you can. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning, the Lord willing, 11 o'clock. Uh, going to be a great service on Sunday. Look forward to everybody being here and a great move of God. God bless you tonight.